Welcome to the Now Network Podcast, where Mashaka T. McKenzie is the host. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us today um, uh, for doing a poem for us so that we can get our podcast on and, and cracking. Hey, you, no problem. So whenever you're ready, it's on you. All right, give me one second. Let me see here. Uh, see if I got something in my back pocket. Okay. Um... Mm. Yeah, I bet. I got one. I got you. I got you. You still hear me? Yeah, we can still hear you. All right, cool. Um, so it says, I am completely convinced that the difference between the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and a thug is a hug. No, not specifically, but more so genuine expression of actual love. Maybe the fact that they can't seem to find it is their similarity. We bottle the expressions of our emotions inside facades and instrumental aggression. Pay attention. It goes something like this. Maybe I'll play a sport so that my sweat can replace my tears, so that I can have an outlet to pour out my pain and the saltiness of my soul. Quick. Construct a smile to hold up while the sadness places weight on my cheeks, equivalent to a thousand pounds. I have learned to love myself. I have learned that I'm blessed. Like, God sneezed seven times. Like, milk and honey, like promised lands. I'm tired of picking up glass bottles or carefully wrapped pieces of temporary reality so that cush clouds can replace my thought bubbles. Your mountains were sent to make you stronger. Every nook and groove is there for you to place your feet on and elevate you. Your emotions were meant to be ventilated like cars, no AC and windows that don't work. Allow my tears to flow into rivers of my healing. And I tell my heart not to be glass, but more like clay that is always spinning. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Poet. Do you want to share your handles so that people can follow you on social media? Yes. Um, so follow me on Facebook right now. Um, and yeah, Facebook, the Facebook handle is Tavis Dante. That's T-A-V-I-S-D-O-N-T-A. Uh, Tinsley is T-I-N-S-L-E-Y. And my brand page is Humble Royalty. That's all together. Uh, H-U-M-B-L-E, uh, capital H, uh, capital R-O-Y-A-L-T-Y on Facebook.com. All right. Thank you. Today's topic is self-care and why it is important. Hello. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? 
uh, a little tired, but I'm good. I understand that. Thank you for joining me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So my first question. So we're gonna play twenty one questions. <laughs> twenty one questions. Okay. <laughs> Not that many, but I, no, I'm pretty, I got questions. So, so today's topic is about self care and why self care is important or is it important? So my first question is, what is self care? Ooh, what is self care? <laughs> Well, if we break down two words, the first one being self, um, that is meaning for me, you. Uh, That means mind, body, soul. When we're talking about care, we're talking about how how, how we value ourselves, how we value me, how you value you. So when I think of self-care, I think of what are the practices that you engage in that show your value for yourself? What are the um, activities that you engage in that will strengthen your being? Um, What are the ways in which you enrich your mind or you um, really push yourself? Uh, What are the ways in which you allow yourself time to rest and relax? Um, What are the ways in which you care for and I hate using the word in the definition but Mm -hmm. care for your whole being how do you love you right so in this crazy time that we're in with being quarantined and might can't be you might can't do your regular self-care for for instance how I take care of myself is once a month I go get a massage Mm mm-hmm you can't do that right now mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not safe to do that mm-hmm. so how what would you recommend to so so that I can still take care of self and still be in the right mind and be in peace with self if I can't take care of myself the way I'm used to take care of myself well I think that's one of the interesting things and one of the unique things unique things that's happening in this time and that it is really forcing us to look at other ways that we can actually engage in acts of care and yeah, in acts of care. Um, you know, it's, I, it's a gospel song that comes to mind, the things I used to do. Um, it's not that I don't do them anymore. I can't do them <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm quarantined. Mm-hmm. And so what are other ways that you can care for your body that you can have the tension released? Because that's what a massage is. A massage is going through and having tension released out of your body. And so what does that look like now when you cannot have someone else do that and you don't have a chair? Maybe it's something as simple as taking a bottle of water and running and and having it on your back while you're almost in a squatted position up against the wall. And then you're rolling it up and you're rolling it down, you know? And so it's really going to force us to look at other creative ways to release, relieve our tension or, um, really look at how we care for ourselves. Right, right. Yeah, that is a really unique way of trying to do that. I might have to try that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thank don't... God, in, at least in Atlanta right now, they have not closed. We are on a curfew, but the okay. parks aren't closed. And so okay. at least during the day, I might go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And so. I know some other things, like, you know, when you get in the shower, I know for me, that um, when I feel really down, I have some spearmint and eucalyptus body wash that I use. Mm-hmm. And I set the water to high and I allow those vapors to just permeate in the space. But then I also 
will allow the water to massage my body. And I know that for me, that works as well if I just stand there and just kind of let it concentrate on one area. And so, you know, maybe it might be something as simple as changing the water head, mm. um, the, you know, in your shower, or I'm sorry, your shower head um, and getting one that's more forceful. And then that might actually help as well when it comes to if massage is the way that you care for yourself. Okay. Uh, that's, those are really good tips. Hope you guys out there are listening. Y'all need, if you are like me and need a massage, I'm, <laughs> I'm due for one. I'm due for a couple of them right about now. <laughs> Um, but I know in your professional uh, life, you are also a chaplain um, in a hospital. What's the name of the hospital again? Uh, it's Prisma Health, the Richland camp- Campus. <laughs> All right. So first, I'm just do a simple, simple question. What is a chaplain? <laughs> uh, a chaplain is a, a spiritual, a spiritual companion. The best way to describe it is chaplain is a spiritual companion, someone who is there to offer prayer, to offer presence, to offer an ear to listen. Um, in my case, to offer a song, um, maybe to offer a scripture or an encouraging word, maybe to help create an atmosphere of worship, um, help families go through last rites, communion, imposition of the ashes if it's time for that, um, leading worship services, providing sermons for chapels. Um, but yeah, in the at the core of it, um, a chaplain is a spiritual companion to offer prayer, presence, and listening. But you in a hospital. Yes. So what if I come to your hospital and I don't believe in God? What are you going to do for me, chaplain? So that's the fun thing about being a chaplain is that it does not matter if you believe in God. All that matters is that I am a hopeful present or some sort of light for you in that time that you're there. And so actually it's interesting that you asked that question because I had um, one of the patients that I went to see and he was not a believer. However, he was fairly young and had a stroke. And so he was at work on Friday, everything was fine. And Saturday he woke up with half of his body not working. And so he wanted a chaplain. Um, And so I went in and I just allowed him to talk and to tell me about him. And I asked him questions about himself. And then I went on, I actually found a resource um, encouraging words for uh, stroke recovery patients. And so I just read through them and I just offered him encouragement and I just, you know, just offered those words of encouragement, told him we were there if he needed. And by the time I left, I could tell that he was a little bit more relieved. So it's not about being a believer and it's not about just the Bible, but it's how are you able to reach the core um, or the very needs of people? So how does been a chaplain how does self-care and how does those how does those things blend into each other so for me this is a new this is a new venue for me um not the helping part but the the formal chaplaincy um because i find myself because we're so let me tell you a little bit more about prisma is that we are the a trauma center which means any type of blunt traumas, car accidents, gunshot wounds, all of those types of things that you see on TV, those are the things that come to us. When people get helicoptered, they come to our hospital. And we as the chaplains are the ones that have to respond. And so um, any given day, I can have someone that's asking for a Bible or I can have someone that is suffering from um, a life-threatening gunshot wound. And because we 
come in contact with so much, it is important that we also have a release and an outlet ourselves. One of the ways that I have found, um, one of the ways that I've been able to grapple and, and wrestle with and deal with some of the things that I have seen and faced in the chaplaincy has been through writing. And so I've now started to use my blog to just start to tell the stories um, about what it is that I am experiencing. And it's actually helping me to connect with the patients in a more personal way and to see them, um, their human side and not their sickness or their condition. So for me, and for all of us, self-care actually is the only way that we're able to do the job. Because if we try to hold on to it, um, it's going to consume us. Mm-hmm. So now, since you said that this is a new life path, in a sense, for you, mm-hmm. but helping isn't. And so when you say helping, are you referring to um, friendships? Or are you talking about family are you talking about ministry or are you just talking about all the above when you say help i'm talking about all of the above um so much so that i have acquired a new nickname um, with my new set of clergy friends and that is the helpline <laughs> you know they call right. me the hotline and they all want to call me and you know and I, which is why when i started in undergrad my major was uh, in pre-med biology and I was going to go be a pediatrician and I was going to go help out all the children. Um, but yeah, when I got to that botany class, it was like, yeah, no, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was me and, uh, and, and business so, administration. Yes. And so I, decided, I couldn't get past accounting. <laughs> I decided that, you know, I was going to follow a life. I was going to follow a path that was more in line with helping the way that I like to help. And really it was about trying to, at that time I was trying to heal myself. And so going into psychology was me trying to understand what was going on with me so that I could be a better Mm. person. And that led Mm -hmm. to me going into counseling um, and going into that field and being an in-home counselor um, and working with youth that were in foster care and just seeing this evolution of helping and everywhere I'm going, um, having people call to ask, I need your help or calling to vent or calling for prayer or I don't really know what I need. And so naturally chaplaincy seemed like the, would have seemed like the natural thing to do, but it was a thing that I was actually avoiding, if we Mm. have to be honest. Um, It actually was not until I had a friend call after the passing of his father um, and him having situations and asking me how to deal with it. And I'm talking him through it and helping him out. And the last thing he says to me before we got off the call was, have you thought about going back to counseling? Because mm. you're really good at it. <laughs> and it was just like, mm, yeah, no, I don't want to do that because it's emotionally mm. stressful and I can't handle yes. it. And I'm going through all of my own emotional distress right now. So I don't even want to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to look into it. And that's when I looked into chaplaincy and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and apply. And lo and behold, here I am. <laughs> right, right, right. Use the things that we're avoiding are the things that we should be doing, which is always interesting for me. Um, so for you, chaplaincy and church ministry, <laughs> what are the difference and what are the good and bad? And do you prefer one over the other? I don't think I can get away from and I don't want to say chaplaincy, but I would say pastoral care. And I don't think I can get away from pastoral care, even when I am in the ministerial role. 
I think there is always some level to care in everything that I do. Um, when I think of church ministry, I think of the various veins in which we help people, in which we um, help shape people's spiritual formation, right? Um, and so that's what I think about when I think of church ministries. But when I think of pastoral care and in chaplaincy, I'm thinking about us meeting the emotional and mental needs of, of people, um, which is completely mm. different from, not completely different, but it is its own um, avenue when it comes to spiritual formation. It definitely informs oh. our spiritual formation and it definitely informs mm -hmm. who we are. But I think there is that added, a, pastoral care gives that added level of, I know that you've read your Bible and I know that you come to Bible study and I know that you attend church and I know that you serve um, with whatever service organization your church has, but I also see the pain that's in your heart. Mm. Or I also see the smile not on your face. I also see that you're going through some dark times. And so let me speak specifically to that part of your life. And I think that's the difference between pastoral care and church ministry. Hmm. Okay. Very good points. Very good points. Um, and I can see that too. I, oof, I might go on my tangent, but I can <laughs> definitely see that um, in so many different ways. Um, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, what are three things people can do in this time to take care of themselves? Just three down to earth easy to do at home because you can't go nowhere else to take care of yourself just three things number one laugh um what we are going through right now is extremely serious and every day something new is coming out and every day the criteria changes the expectation changes the timelines change and sometimes the only thing you can do when you're in a difficult situation is to laugh and you're not laughing because you're not taking it serious, but you're laughing because you're reminding yourself that there is still joy in the morning. And that's morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Um, mm. The second thing is move. Whatever that looks like for you, move. Do not spend this moment at home and in your, your work office or in your bed and just still. Move. Even if it's dancing, if it's walking around the block, um, if it's walking up and down your stairs, if it's walking from your bedroom to the refrigerator multiple times a day, um, we need to make sure that we are keeping our blood flowing and that we are not allowing ourselves to become stagnant um, and that our muscles are not becoming tight. And I do mean our physical and spiritual muscles. Um, mm -hmm. And so we have to keep moving. And the third thing, I'm wrestling with several different things in my head, but if I had to pick one that I say would be helpful, so I said laugh, I said movement, mm -hmm. connect with other people. Mm. Do not, do not, do not, do not become a hermit. <laughs> and it is mm. so easy to do. And it's funny because I am, despite popular belief, I am a natural introvert. And so mm. prior to okay. COVID-19 happening, there have been an there. As a matter of fact, I, I deactivated my social media in November after my birthday. Mm -hmm. Did not reactivate it until the end of February, beginning of March. I spent that time by myself. <laughs> and now that mm. I was like, now that it's like, oh, this is how we're supposed to be. I'm actually more engaged now than I was 
when, <laughs> I, when I was in isolation, it, it's really weird how that works. Um, but connect with other people. And the reason why connection is important is because we can become lost in our own thoughts. We can come, become lost mm-hmm. in our own um, beliefs and we can really become lost in our own heads. And sometimes mm-hmm. we need other people there with us to kind of uh, not just on back, you know, or to just right. kind of remind us of the bright spots that may exist, or we may need to be a light for somebody else. Um, right. So those are my three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are my three. Laugh, move, and connect. Laugh, move, and connect. I believe those are really excellent um things to do and i'm definitely going to add it into my regimen with my little baby <laughs> so that we can she she laughs enough for me she does um, <laughs> she does um but i have my niece and nephew with me which they are 12 and 14 oh. and so i'm pretty sure they're ready to get out of the house and so we'll probably go to the park or something so i can laugh at them because they're going to see something that they don't understand mm-hmm. or something i'm just going to mm-hmm. laugh and so, and, so then we'll be moving and you know, so I all... I'm home right now with my daughter and I, I can be I'm gonna be honest with you and tell you that I thought that this process was gonna go a whole lot different because she is 12 mm-hmm. and she's I mean well she's 11 and she's about to be 12 but she's a preteen and so we all know that preteen mm-hmm. phase and so I, the one thing is like you I wanted to be that strict parent that had the schedule and you have to do your homework at this time and we're gonna do this at this time but I have just went with the flow. And so we have gotten up late, maybe at 11 o'clock. <laughs> right. And we get up and we eat breakfast or we may do work and then we eat. And then she does work. And then we've gone outside and we've done line dances or we went inside and we tried to do yoga. And that was an ultimate fail. Um, <laughs> we tried to learn a new line dance and oh, that didn't go so well either. So we went back to our original line dancing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so it, and it's just been a very good experience for the both of us um, having that opportunity to laugh together because there was even one day I right. distinctly remember that she kept doing silly things and I was laughing and I realized that she was doing it on purpose because she loved the fact that it was making her mommy laugh. And oh. of course, I told you we have been out moving and then we've just been on Instagram just sending shout outs to people going live for no reason. You, you know, we're sitting at the table answering questions um, that we see for these fin- funny face, funny videos on Facebook. And so I just, I don't know, during this time, I could use it to be serious and be strict, but why? <laughs> There's what? enough go- of that going on already. And so, yeah, we, those are the three rules that we live by. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate, they appreciate those rules. Um, so we are coming to the end at the beginning of this um, talk or podcast, I played the song Respect. Mm-hmm. I personally love the song because it's an affirmation that you should demand respect mm-hmm. for um, for multiple reasons. And thinking about self-care, thinking about your um, profession, um, I believe chaplaincy is stress um, because of the emotional baggage that come along mm-hmm. with it. And then you try not to take it home, but sometimes you do take mm-hmm. it home. But you you trying to have respect to self mm-hmm. too. And so when she's singing that song, it, it reminds me um, that I should demand respect, and I shouldn't feel guilty about demanding that respect. Mm-hmm. So so for you, do you believe 
Respect is the key to having healthy boundaries and self-care. I think absolutely. I think that um, when you respect yourself, then you put measures and parameters in place that will either say to people that you demand respect um, or that makes it easier for them to respect you. Um, I Mm. think that, and I... (laughs) My last experience um, before the COVID happened was actually with one of the officials in the hospital. And it was a very, yes, I felt very disrespected at the end of the whole exchange that happened. Um, But it was one of those when I was talking to my supervisor that he told me that I needed to go back and address. um, Because if I did not, it was something that I was going to hold on to because I'd already told him, I'm not even going to talk to this man. I'm just going to act like he doesn't exist. (laughs) And I realized mm-hmm. that that wasn't healthy. And so one of the things right. that you learn in chaplaincy is you cannot run away from the things that you are afraid of. You have to counter Ooh, it. You have Jesus. to face them head on. And so for me, I'm so used to when I get upset or I get in my feelings, I will, I call it turtling. I will turtle and I will act like you don't exist. And I will ignore you if at all costs. And I will, if I see you, I will go to the other side of the street, right? Um, but mm-hmm. what I am learning there is you have to face things directly and you have to and you have to set parameters and we've all heard it before you show people how to treat you right so right a part of self-care and a part of me being able to do my job and operate in ministry efficiently is showing people what it means to care for me and the way i show them how to care for me is how i care for me Mm. so yes was that I, I'm I'm curious. Was that a process, or did you automatically know how to? Oh care heck, for you? no! That is absolutely a process, um, <laughs> and it's a process because, well, for one, I'm the oldest in my family, and I'm the oldest of four, and so I've always been the go-to person, not only for my siblings but for my parents as well. And so there's that expectation of being there to support the family, which which I do naturally. Same thing in the church. I was always the go-to person. And like I said, among my friends, I'm the go-to person. And so, and when it comes to um, caring for myself, I was always the last person that I cared for. Um, So much so that my mother had to tell me like, you've been in the house too long. You need to go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Even after I had my daughter and it was like, you know, I'm a new mommy and she's my responsibility and I have to take care of her. And my best friend was graduating from undergrad and she was having a a senior ball. And my mom said, no, you're going. So my mother found me a dress, got my hair done, bought the ticket and kicked me out of the house. (laughs) Well, we thank God for our feelings. And so that's what, and so for me, no, this has definitely been a process. I'm learning to, learning that putting me first and caring for me is a part of caring for other people. And that I cannot care Mm. for other people efficiently if I am not tending to me, because if I fall apart, then what happens to everybody else? And right. building up my right. own strength and building up um, my own capacity and making sure that I'm unplugging so that I can rejuvenate so that I can come so that I can come back. It's just like with our electronics and like with batteries, you can let them run all the way down if you want to, but then it takes that much longer for it to get built back up. Or you can do the intermittent charging. And that way you can stay consistently moving forward and you don't have to worry about dying out or not being effective. Mm. Good point. Good point. Well, Mr. Sharp, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom 
and your your stories and I hope the best for you. I wish the best and I pray well, the I best thank for you. you. And I appreciate uh, you having me. Moving forward. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope hopefully we could do more things. Yes, ma'am. That, that would be great. All right. All right. I, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening. I hope you stay tuned to the next episode.